0: four straight losses. A rookie quarterback is finally starting. What's going on with the Pittsburgh Steelers? That's the focus of today's TDN Daily. And welcome into the Thursday edition of TDN Daily Podcast. Chris Schubert back once again with you here on a Thursday. We got the Pittsburgh Steelers as the focus of today's show. Kenny Pickett has taken over as the starter. The team has lost four in a row. We get to the bottom of what is going on with the Pittsburgh Steelers. But first, got to tell you about the sponsor of the podcast, Bet Online. Football is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all of your football betting needs this season. And over there, you're going to find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as you're Continued source for all sports wagering info. Bet online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. They are always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events like Major League Baseball, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head on over to betonline.ag to join, and you're going to receive a 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Just make sure to use our promo code Belief. That's B L E A V to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. And we find ourselves in a very interesting time with the Pittsburgh Steelers and a, a thing that hasn't happened a whole lot in at least my lifetime of watching the Pittsburgh Steelers. You have to go all the way back to 2003 to find a year in which the Pittsburgh Steelers ended that season with a losing record. Yeah, they have a couple of eight and eights in there. They have that, uh, you know, a couple of ties in there. But it had, you have to go all the way back to 2003 for the last time the Pittsburgh Steelers ended the year with a losing record. They went six and ten, and the following year fifteen and one, and then eleven and five, and won the Super Bowl two years later. So this has not happened a whole lot in Pittsburgh Steelers history, or at least recent history, and it shouldn't be surprising that this team is off to a one and four start because the guy that had been the the steady hand at quarterback Ben Roethlisberger is no longer there, and a new chapter, a new era of Pittsburgh Steelers football had begun, but it didn't really feel all that different other than the quarterback position. There were still, and there still are, a lot of questions of what this offensive line is going to look like, a lot of young pieces on the offense. There are questions about the offensive coordinator, the play calling that we've seen over the last couple of years. So it's not a surprise that the Pittsburgh Steelers are struggling, and I don't know if anyone is surprised at the team being 1-4, and but here at the TDN Daily Podcast and at TDN, we try to understand the why. We try to look ahead. We try to see what's the way out for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and there are a lot of things that could give you confidence moving forward through two games or a game and a half Kenny Pickett has not been the problem for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They have a lot of talent on the offensive side of the ball. I mentioned Kenny Pickett, but we've got Najee Harris, who we've got to do a better job of creating some space for with that offensive line. we got Pat Fryermuth. We've got a group of wide receivers in George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Calvin Austin, a young pick who has yet to play for this team. So there are bright spots. There are things that you can look at to say, wow, this team is going in the right direction. This team is going to be able to quickly turn it around. Yet it feels as though we are in that in-between, that we are still closing the chapter and fixing a lot of the things that plagued the last couple of years of the Ben Roethlisberger era, as we see teams do this all the time. The Saints did it at the tail end of the Drew Brees era. The Patriots did it for the last couple of years that Tom Brady was there. You kind of roll the dice. You go all in. You try to put together a roster that can allow you to win. But as those things age, and if you don't draft well, or if you don't draft for some of the needs that could be coming down the road, then all of a sudden you find yourself in this specific spot and I don't think we should be overly critical of for the first time since 2003 the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, are trending in the direction of, of having a below 500 season we need to look at this and say okay This is kind of that Band-Aid being ripped off. Are we going to do this quickly, or are we going to rip it off slowly and make the necessary changes that this team is going to need to make? And that's why I think 2022 is a real turning point for how quickly this team is going to be able to turn it around. Are they going to lean in to a young team and and a young quarterback in Kenny Pickett who you you probably don't expect to win a whole lot this year, you probably don't need to expect to win a whole lot next year, but year three, got to get this roster in a place where we can – retake the grip that we've had on the AFC North, we can be back to being a perennial playoff contender in the AFC as a whole. And if you take that approach, yeah, there's going to be some short-term pain, but there are needs that we can address very quickly. The offensive line, getting some more defensive help. We've got a young core nucleus of offensive players that if we can build around these guys, if we can let these guys flourish and put together a roster for when they are at their peak, when they've ascended to being impact players on a weekly basis, boy, could we very quickly be back in the grand scheme of things. But let's talk to Keith Sanchez of the Draft Network who looked into this. He thinks the last problem that the Pittsburgh Steelers had is Kenny Pickett, that he is the furthest thing from the problems that the Pittsburgh Steelers face. So what does he think this team needs to do in order to turn this around? Can they do it this year? And where might they need to look in order to very quickly turn this around keith i'm going to give you a fill in the blank comment here to start us off the biggest problem with the pittsburgh steelers is blank
1: the pittsburgh Steelers. (laughs) okay i mean i need
0: if that's how we're going to start i need a little bit more of an explanation here as to what's going on with pittsburgh
1: yeah, man, I, in watching the film, watching this past week against the Buffalo Bills, man, it was all bad, man. T.J. Watts hurt, so they lack a pass rush. Uh, The linebacker experiment with Devin Bush and Miles Jack. Whenever you're uh, free agent, mid-level signing, uh, Miles Jack is playing better football than your first-round draft pick, Devin Bush, then you have a problem. Uh, they signed uh, well, traded for I'm sorry Fitzpatrick gave him a bunch of money Uh, he didn't show well in that game all of these corners when you're talking about Sutton Levi Wallace had interception but still he didn't show up well this offensive line you know they keep trying to piecemeal this thing together Uh, the wide receiving core you have two okay receivers but that's still not showing well so man it was just not a a good showing for the Pittsburgh Steelers in its entirety
0: feels like a team that is kind of caught between a rock and a hard place they've clearly had to hit the reset button at the quarterback position and we'll get to that quarterback a little bit later on with ben roethlisberger retiring but it feels like they're a little bit older in some other spots and they have a more veteran heavy team do you see it the same way that they're kind of caught in this in between and because of that they're kind of struggling to find some consistency
1: Yeah, that's definitely what it is. I think that some of their draft picks from the last three drafts haven't necessarily worked out. But I also think in doing part, they haven't addressed certain positions, right? Like this defensive back room as a whole, how many times have we've at at Draft Network mocked a cornerback or another safety to this team and they say you know what we're not going we're not going in that direction so I think it's a combination of things haven't worked out when they have drafted them and then they haven't really drafted that many like I came up with the stat I look back at their past drafts they drafted three defensive backs in the past three to four drafts right and we're talking about at any given time you have five defensive backs on the field because most teams live in nickel. And you're talking about you only supplemented that position group with only three guys as far as injecting youth in it, uh with, with three guys, I think that's uh that that's not a good recipe for playing today's style of football.
0: I think it's extremely important for the context of what we do at TDN. And you mentioned that you went back through all of their draft classes. Let's talk about the last three years. First round pick this past year, Kenny Pickett. Okay, we've hit the reset button at the quarterback position. The year before that, we took a first round running back. Certainly feels as though we may not, we may, probably should have done that. We should have addressed other needs. And the yep. year before that, we didn't have a first round pick. Our first pick was the second round, and we took Chase Claypool. So with the premium capital that we have had, In the last two years, we spent it on a quarterback who's in his rookie season, so I don't know what really were the expectations that Kenny Pickett was going to walk through the door and light it up the way Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow is. No, that wasn't the expectation. And then the year before that, we drafted a running back who is struggling behind an offensive line, and a lot of the things that allowed him to be successful last year were in part because the way this offense works.
1: Yeah, and if I could interject with that, right, because you know that franchises, they usually... If they've seen it work before, they'll try to get back to that, right? So I, I think with the Pittsburgh Steelers, when I was watching them, I was thinking about who the Pittsburgh Steelers have been for the entirety of my life, right? And when they had their most success, uh, and, you know, and they they made that transition from when they had the Tommy Maddox and Charlie Batch and that era <laughs> into Ben Roethlisberger. And he was what, a, I think it was his second year when he won a Super Bowl. First or second year guy when he won a Super Bowl. And they had a defense in a run game, right? Like that's what they their, their pillars was on and I think that they would they thought that they would be able to do the same thing but when you realize it this roster is just not as good as it was when Ben Roethlisberger came into the fold. you don't have as much veteran leadership on the offensive side of the ball you don't have the same identity when you talk about a Jerome Bettis you're talking about Willie Parker you're talking about a Hines Ward you're talking about you know some of those offensive linemen up front I think Alan Fanica right we're talking about all-time great guys on the offensive side of the ball that Ben Roethlisberger was able to kind of slide into, and then on the defensive side of the ball, you're talking about Je- you're talking about what Je- uh, Jeremy Porter, you're talking about uh, you know Ike Taylor, you're talking about Chor Palamalo, you're talking about guys that were complete leaders. So it made the transition into the Ben Roethlisberger era just a little bit better and a little bit easier for him.
0: Feels as if and I. <laughs> You beat me to it. I had the Pittsburgh Steelers draft history up, and I was like, yeah, there's no – we don't have Troy Polamalu, We don't have Mike Taylor. We don't have Larry Foote. We don't have these guys. In Larry that Foote, that's another key you, name right there. I mean, you you had these guys. And, and to me, Keith, and I think the point of having this conversation today is it just feels as though the Steelers never really fully prepared for the post-Ben Roethlisberger era. It feels as though they just tried to ride this train until it, until it fell off – the tracks and it's now fallen off the tracks and they got to pick the train back up and put it back on, but it's going to take some time. It's going to take some work. They feel as though, and it's weird to say, because Mike Tomlin as the coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, there is an expectation. We are going to be, we're going to have a winning record. We're going to be in contention to, to win the AFC North. We're going to be in contention to make a playoff spot. And it feels as though we need to change our expectations a little bit about what the Steelers are going to look like in the short term.
1: Man, I I agree wholeheartedly. And in this recipe, right? This recipe, as far as uh running the football, not turning the ball over, um, you know, dinking and dunking the football, and you know, we'll grind out a win. You know, we'll win a game twenty to eighteen or twenty to seventeen. That's an outdated way of thinking, right? Like we see quarterbacks, they get. 15 yard penalties just if you touch the top of the helmet so to think that your defense is only going to give up 17 points a game you're still living in 2003 to 2005 so I think they need to make that full transition to say look we're going we need real offensive pieces and we're going to have to transition our scoring teams you're talking about the Buffalo Bills the Kansas City Chiefs you're talking about the rest of the AFC West who has offensive firepower that I all like even the, the one and four Raiders, right? Like, I like them better as far as winning a football game than I do the Pittsburgh Steelers right now. Uh,
0: offensively, it looks like they're playing a different sport when you compare it to what yeah. Baltimore does, <laughs> what Kansas City does. Well, I mean, it, I mean, the only other team that I can compare it to is Cleveland with what their mantra is, but they're doing so because they don't, there's the guy who they are going to have as their starting quarterback is suspended. is not playing yet. And I I think they're going to look like a different team and they're going to do different stuff when Deshaun Watson comes back. So it just feels as if they're caught in this transition period and it's going to be, it's going to be harder. The band-aid's going to, they're going to rip it off slowly instead of ripping it off fully. And it just feels like there's going to be more pain instead of it just getting it one and done getting it over with but okay let's try to be positive in the second part of our conversation here and let's look at these let's look at these last two draft classes your thoughts on Najee Harris because listen I maybe we would agree we maybe shouldn't have taken a running back in the first round but we did take a running back in the first round and so we're gonna have to figure out a way to get Najee Harris as a part of our short-term fix to this offense have we seen anything so far this season that gives us a glimmer of hope that Najee can be a part of something here moving forward
1: so the the hope is is that Najee is extremely talented and like I said that the problem is he does his best work behind the line of scrimmage right if you're talking about a behind the line of scrimmage back he's one of the best because he has to make two to three defenders miss just to even attempt to get into plus territory so the the hope is that this with Najee Harris he's extremely talented right and if you can fix this offensive line up front I do believe that Najee Harris has the athletic ability and the the running um just instincts as far as in the run game and in, in a passing game, uh, to be a top 10 running back. So you can say, okay, I hit on that pick, but how do I supplement that pick? More how we – just how we talk about with quarterbacks, right? Like they need pieces around them. With Najee Harris, he needs an offensive line to kind of get some things going so he can make some stuff happen because 6'3", 240 pounds, like I can tell a lot of, a lot of defenders don't want to tackle him. There's not many of them that tackle him on first attempt.
0: I certainly think if we get a better offensive line in here, and unfortunately, I think we need a different offensive line making the decisions of what what plays we're calling. But if we make those two changes, we got a talented back in the backfield. We can figure out some way to get Najee Harris involved and him to be a focal point of our offense. But to the offensive line point, Keith, is Pittsburgh Steelers, I'm just looking at the last three drafts, right? 2022, 2021, 2020, we haven't spent higher than a third-round pick on an offensive lineman. We drafted two in 2021 in Kendrick Green and Dan Moore, didn't invest a single pick in this year's draft into that position, and uh took a guard, Kevin Dotson, in 2020. So there hasn't been that capital investment. And, okay, we took a running back in 2021 that we should be doing the best to, to, to help. What about the quarterback that we took at number 20 this year? We should also be worrying about protecting him and putting him in a good position to succeed.
1: I agree 100%. And and speaking on that quarterback, he's playing pretty decent football despite of everything that's around him and him being a rookie.
0: Okay, so let's talk about this because if if you are if you didn't watch the game and I agree with you because I got to see Kenny Pickett come in in the second half against the New York Jets. He comes in he throws three interceptions and if you didn't watch the game and you just look at the box score, you think, "Oh goodness gracious, Kenny Pickett did not play well." And then if you look at the box score of how badly they got beat by the Bills, a lot of people out there are going to be like, "Keith, what are you talking about? Kenny Pickett It's not the problem. Kenny <laughs> Pickett Kenny Pickett's actually it was something we can build around." So explain. What what are you seeing when we, when you turn on the tape with Kenny Pickett?
1: That's why over here at TDN, you know we check the tape we watch that's the tape right. we we do the homework man what i seen from kenny pickett was this was a guy that appeared to be extremely comfortable in this matt canada led offense now how we feel about matt canada that's up to we'll we'll let the audience and the viewers decide on that right but he's extremely efficient man like this is a guy that he he appeared to go through all his progressions he appeared to be timely he appeared to be a rhythm passer and you know what was the most important thing that i was looking for was that he gave his receivers one-on-one opportunities down the field, right? Like for the past, since probably 2018, we've been critical of Ben Roethlisberger and, you know, just his his arm strength and then this offense not pushing the ball down the field and everything being real congested and easy for the defense. Well, guess what? Kenny Pickett throwing the ball to uh, George Pickens, He's willing to do that, right? Like he's willing to, to play to George Pickett's best attributes, and that's him being a jump ball, like go and get the ball, play above the rim. So I think that that's another plus for the Steelers. Like you said, it's just a matter of getting out of the confines of what's going on.
0: The thing that I was very impressed with in the, the one half of football that I got to see Kenny Pickett play is – He's not afraid to talk some trash. He's confident. Hey, that's
1: my type of quarterback. That's my quarterback.
0: (laughs) I mean, this guy, this guy's getting sacked. He's getting up. He's talking trash. Like, he's ready to go. He's ready to compete. And that's what you want. You want a fiery guy that's ready to compete on every play when he's out there. Hey, Keith, do this experiment with me here because I got the draft class open and I'm just thinking about it. We got Kenny Pickett, who we like here. We got a running back that we like. We got Pat Fryermuth, a good tight end for this offense. We've got George Pickens. We've got Deontay Johnson. We've got Chase Playpool play Chase Claypool. Calvin Austin's gonna come back here at some point. We got talent here. We there's we can this offense can turn the page very quickly. We gotta shore up the offensive line and maybe we gotta explain the, the playbook to move some stuff down the field. But the offensive side of the ball is probably the part that I'm more confident in than the defense.
1: I agree. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. And that's because they're they're much they, they haven't invested into this defensive side of the football, right? It was Devin Bush or Bust for this defense. And then that looked like it's not working out. And then since then, well, this year, what they've drafted, DeMarvin Lill in the third round. And then just in past drafts, it haven't been very much early draft capital, let me say, into that position group. Just the defensive backs, linebackers. Um, they've rolled this thing. It's been a TJ Watt shoot, right? Like it's TJ Watt or Bust for this entire Steelers' defense
0: and now with TJ Watt being shelved the last couple of weeks you don't have a consistent enough pass rush and now you're yep. you're asking you're asking the, your your secondary to do too much and it's a secondary that we just said it at the top it needs some help it needs some work <laughs> so you can understand how you get into this situation where okay if we don't have TJ Watt we don't have other pass rushers that we can consistently rely on we're not getting after the quarterback we're putting a lot of stress on, on the DBs and to your point Keith I, again I have it open here the first defensive player we took in the 2022 draft the Marvin Leal and then in 2021 we didn't use draft capital until the fourth round when we took buddy johnson at linebacker so there hasn't been that investment so it's a double-edged you know double-edged sword right we were just talking earlier about how we didn't address the offensive line early enough in the draft and we're also saying hey we didn't address the defense early enough in the draft (laughs) and guess what two things are probably holding up this team from being able to be competitive and not and be not have a one and four start our offensive line and our defense. So the path feels really clear yet at one and four, it feels like it's going to take a while because there's a lot of work that's got to get done.
1: Yeah, I agree. But I, I I would say this, I wouldn't necessarily say that uh, letting them off of the hook because this wasn't something that just reared his head, right? Like we've been talking right. about this for three, four five years specifically those positions right like we like even before the Fitzpatrick trade we talked about this this defensive back group not being that good right you went and got one guy and gave him a lot of money but as far as draft capital spending a first second round on a the cornerback they just haven't done that and then the offensive line we've been talking about this for years and they just failed to to really address that position so you know like they say man you, you reap what you sow and and that's what the Pittsburgh Steelers are all right now.
0: And it's, it's a weird time to be a Pittsburgh Steelers fan because this is something that you haven't really had in a really long time where there are going to be some growing pains of trying to put together a good team. But there are there are pieces there. Listen, Keith, we can't... Listen, before I get you out of here, we got to talk about George Pickens. Okay, I, we mentioned him in passing but I think this guy is going to be a huge focal point of this offense moving forward. He's already felt like he's got that chemistry with Kenny Pickett. So what have you seen from George Pickens to to if we're going to get some hope the Kenny Pickett, the George Pickens combo is I think something that we're going to put a lot of stock into.
1: Yeah. I, so George Pickens is a Pittsburgh Steeler. For Steelers fans who's watched this, he is a Pittsburgh Steeler. He embodies everything about that blue-collar tough mentality. Um, It's my football. I'm going to get it. I love the game of football. I'll leave it all out here on the field every single play. That's George Pickens. So he is a Pittsburgh Steeler. So hanging your hat on him is a very good idea. Now, we know coming out of the draft, you know, there's concerns about route running, X, Y, Z. But I'm not as concerned about that with him with Kenny Pickett because Kenny Pickett gives him his opportunities down the field, right? Like he's perfectly fine with throwing the football when George Pickens is quote unquote covered because he knows that that 50-50 ball is more like a 70-30 ball. And, and also just talking about comfortability, right? When you throw that 70-30 football, George Pickens is the type of receiver, right? That if he can't get to it, I'll go out my way to make sure the defensive back doesn't get to it, and it makes your quarterback even more comfortable. So, man, I I, I really enjoy George Pickens in this offense. I think that he he's a he's an alpha guy. You just want to get him directed the right way, as far as you know, just maturity and everything. But this is a Pittsburgh Steelers football player. Like they they, I feel pretty good about them saying that they hit on this one.
0: I think that as that relationship flourishes, you're going to see the offense really start to kind of take off. So, Keith, here's what we've learned here today. And I thought we might have gotten a little I, – I, going into this, I am like, man, I think we're going to be a little negative on the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm a little bit more confident after we talked it out. But here's what I do know. In mock drafts, we're, we're offensive line, corners, maybe some linebackers. I mean, those are the three things we're putting up there on the big board. Hey, we got to get these positions with our with our top capital uh, in the draft. That's, what, that's my big takeaway from today.
1: Hey, I think that's the right takeaway. Chris Shu, big shoe for GM of the Pittsburgh Steelers, baby. Keith, always appreciate,
0: <laughs> I always appreciate you uh, giving us some insight. And, and I know you watch the Steelers up and close this week. So it was great to kind of give the people a, uh, a bit of an inside look of what this team might look like going forward. So thank you.
1: No problem. That's what we do. Give the people what they want.
0: Oh, and one more thing. If you're still looking at the Pittsburgh Steelers for 2022, yeah, well, that schedule doesn't get any easier over the next couple of weeks. It's Tampa this Sunday. It's at Miami, where Tua Tunga-Vailoa should be returning for the Miami Dolphins. And then it's a duel in Philadelphia with the last unbeaten in the National Football League, the Philadelphia Eagles. A bye week, and then two games against the Saints and Bengals at home. So some growing pains for a young quarterback, but maybe the best time to have him out there so that they can set up 2023 and beyond for the Steelers to get back to what we've expected from them. That's going to do it for the Thursday edition of TDN Daily. Hope everybody enjoys the riveting matchup that we have on Thursday Night Football between the Commanders and the Bears. I know I'll be tuning in. Everybody have a great rest of your day. I'll talk to you tomorrow.